Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 2. We've been going through a study uh, in the life of Christ in Mark uh, when I am here on Wednesday nights, and uh, we're in Mark chapter 2. We've got all the way to Mark chapter 2. This uh, particular area in chapter 2, we're looking at Jesus and the Pharisees. In in Mark chapter 2, Jesus uh, is confronted by the Pharisees and asked three important questions. The first of, of all was, why are you eating with publicans and sinners? And uh, so Jesus addresses that issue and says, listen, God didn't send me to well people. He sent me to sick people, and I'm here to reach lost people with the gospel. Jesus' attitude towards the to, towards publicans towards sinful people was totally the opposite of the attitude the Pharisees had. The Pharisees said, I don't want to touch them. We don't want to be with them. Uh, They're wicked. They're vile. There was an attitude of absolute condemnation. And though we as believers uh, need to, the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, God doesn't tell us to look at the rest of the world as though they are vile and we are holier than thou. In fact, God told tells us to go into the world and to tell lost people how to get saved and to reach people and that they need our compassion. And we're not supposed to have an attitude of condemnation. One thing that the world hates uh, in Christianity uh, as they they picture us uh, is is when Christians have this holier-than-thou attitude. And, And when we have that kind of attitude, the world will do everything it can to prove that we're not holier than they are. Uh, and uh, they'll, they'll look for our uh, faults, and they'll, they'll find those who claim Christi- Christianity, and, and they'll wait till they can pounce on them and do it publicly to show what kind of hypocrites we really are. And so it's so important that we not have that attitude that we're better than anybody else. In fact, in order to get saved, the very first thing you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. And that we are all sinners. We all deserve to go to hell. And that was, that was the problem the Pharisees had. They didn't want to admit that they were sinners. They didn't want to admit that they did anything. Uh, certainly everybody else were sinful, but they were okay. So he deals with that issue. Then in, in verse, in verse uh, uh, 18, the Bible says, the disciples of John, they came to him and they said, the, well, here's what the Bible says in verse 18, and the disciples of John on, and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and they say unto him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy, but thy disciples fast not? So they're asking him about fasting. Now, I was just going to go through this very quickly, and, but yet the, the topic of fasting is often brought up. People ask me questions uh, about fasting. Do you believe in fasting? What does fasting do? Uh, what is fasting? Well, the Bible says this, Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? 
As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. He compares the relationship of Jesus with with, uh, his disciples as that of a bridegroom preparing for a wedding. It's like preparing for the bachelor party. It's like it's a party time. Uh, We're enjoying life. This is a time of enjoyment. This is a time where we are all enjoying one another. We're together, and there's no reason to fast, which indicates that fasting uh, we, fasting is a time, and we'll see this later on, fasting is a time, we, we fast when we are in, in dire straits or when there's a major shift taking place, when we're trying to seek the will of God about something. He said, listen, I'm here with my disciples right now. We're having a party. We're enjoying this. We're seeing God work. The great things are taking place. This is not the time to fast. But he says in verse 20, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. So, since the, uh, since the time of Pentecost until now, we've been living in those days. And so, is it appropriate for Christians to fast in this day? It's not something that a lot of Baptists like to talk about, but yes, it is absolutely appropriate. And we're going to talk about what fasting is tonight. In fact, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to read that with me to see where we're starting from and why we're going from Mark to this subject of fasting. But I want you to take your Bible to, and turn to an Old Testament passage. I want you to turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58. It is, I think, the most, the, the most specifically clear passage about fasting, and we're going to look at that in detail. Now, I want, you to, I want to make sure you, everybody's got a copy of the notes. If you don't have a copy, I don't know if we have any more left out there, but uh, there's some extensive notes that are going to be given tonight, and I'm going to give you a, a lot of information and you're going to, if you, if you fill in notes, you're going to, want to, you're going to get, want to get your pencil out and write very quickly. Because the first two or three points in this message, I'm going to go through very, very quickly because it's just information. But I want you to see how important, I want you to see, I just really want to examine with you tonight this, this topic of fasting and, 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 and what is a proper fast and what is an improper fast. And in, in, in Isaiah chapter 58, the people of God, the Israelites, were complaining to God. And they're complaining to God because He wasn't hearing them when they prayed and when they fasted. They were fasting and they were asking the question, why should we fast? Because you don't seem to honor the fact that we're fasting. Let let me read it to you. Let's look at the first few verses. It says, cry aloud. This is God speaking to Isaiah. He says, Isaiah, cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. I want you to show Jacob, I want you to show Israel, the nation of Israel, their sinfulness. Yet they seek me daily. And delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. 
They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. He said, listen, they're coming to me. They have lived in sin. They have forsaken me. And at this point, Israel was now worshiping Baal. They were, they were into all sorts of false teaching. They were living immorally. They had forsaken the teachings of God. But they still wanted God's blessing. They still wanted to pretend as though they were spiritual. They had gotten this super spiritual attitude that they could do whatever they wanted to, ignore the law of God, and if they fasted and they prayed, well, then God ought to hear their prayers because certainly they were children of Abraham and they should be blessed. And so God is rebuking them through the prophet Isaiah, and he says, you need to cry out against their sin because they're sinning, and then they're coming to me, and they're saying, they're, saying, uh, they're, they're acting like they seek me daily. They're acting as though they're, they're in love with my teachings, and yet they're not. Look what it says in verse 3. They say, where have we fasted, say they? And thou seest not. Why have we fasted and you're not watching? Wherefore have we afflicted our souls and thou hast no knowledge? You, we afflict ourselves. We, we fast and, and we show people how sincere we are about serving you. And yet you don't take knowledge. You're, you're acting as though you don't know about this. Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and you exact labors. That is, you do your own thing and then you fast and you expect me to bless it. Behold, here's the problem. You fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. This is an amazing accusation. God is saying you abuse each other and you're fasting asking me to bless your abuse. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Have I chosen this kind of fast? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Do I just want you to, to hurt yourself by not eating? Or to bow down his head as a bulrush? Or to spread sackcloth and ashes? Do I want you walking around with your head down saying, Woe is me, and putting your, your sackcloth on the, on the ground and putting ashes on it and covering your head with ashes so people know how spiritual you are because you've given up food uh, and, and you're acting so humbled. Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Then he, in verse 6, begins to talk about the kind of fast he really wants. Now, we're going to stop right there, and we're going to come back to verse 6 in just a minute. But before we do, let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll teach us some things. Help me to communicate these truths about fasting to your people. And help us to see the importance of fasting and, and, and fasting properly. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask this question, and you don't, you're not unspiritual if you answer the question. How many of you have fasted before? Okay. How many of you fasted to lose weight? I have. How many of you uh, uh, fasted because you had a particular thing that was on your mind that you thought, man, I, I, God, I need some help. I need some direction uh, for that. How many of you have done that? 
Okay, good. Uh, the, the Bible talks a lot about fasting. The first time I ever fasted, I heard about fasting in the Bible and, uh, when I was at, at Bible college, and I really was asking God to give me some direction, and not particularly direction. I was asking God to give me a van. And uh, somebody talked about uh, taught some things, some principles about giving and, and, and believing God and trusting God, and I was learning to trust God for, for things. And so I decided to go on a, on a fast until God answered my prayer, and, or, or three days, however long it took. And so, and so I decided to fast. I didn't understand what fasting, I didn't understand how to fast. I tell people, if you're going to fast, le- learn to fast slow. Uh, because um, if, you, if you jump into fasting, you can really hurt yourself. I determined uh, that, I determined again when I was in college, I was going to fast, and so I just stopped eating and I stopped drinking anything at all for three days. Uh, I, didn't dr- I didn't do anything except drink some water from time to time. I didn't eat anything at all. And I thought, uh, I, I waited and I prayed. Whenever I got hungry, I just prayed and I prayed. And uh, nobody gave me instruction about proper fasting. And uh, after three days, uh, I, the fast was over. Uh, I was asking God to do something by that day. And if he did, it would be great. If he didn't, it would be great. But I needed God to do something. By that third day, I thought, okay, it's over. Uh, I'm going to get something to eat. And so I went to the lunchroom and I broke a three-day complete full fast uh, with three bowls of chili. I want to tell you that's not the way to break a fast. And then, I was in college, and I, we didn't have money. Uh, I was in college, and a college student that did have money, who happened to like me, said, hey, Dave, he said, uh, I'd like to take you out and get you something to eat. He said, can I take you to a steakhouse and buy you a steak? So after not eating for three days, I had three bowls of chili. He took me out, and I got a steak and a baked potato, and I ate like a horse. I thought, man, I'm starved. That is not a good way to break a fast. I was sick for the next two weeks, and uh, I, I was miserably sick for the next two weeks. And it, God answered my prayer. God allowed me to go out. Uh, I was asking for God to make it possible for me to go out and preach uh, over our, our Christmas break at, uh, when I was at Liberty, our Christmas break, uh, to go out and open doors for us to, to preach. During those two weeks, I went out and I preached eight different times. We saw many people trust Christ as Savior. God worked in a very special way. But, I was, but when, if I wasn't preaching, I was at home, laying on the bed, just holding my stomach, and I was sick. Uh, so there's a proper way to fast, and there's, and there's an improper way to fast. Let's talk, about, let's talk about fasting. We're just going to go through your notes right now very quickly. First of all, what is fasting? What is fasting? Fasting is, you can see this in your notes, abstaining from food for a given amount of time. Whatever amount of time that you feel, or you may start off and say, I'll I'll stop fasting when I feel God does, wants me to stop fasting. Uh, biblical fasting is always about food. Biblical fasting is always about food. There's several different types of fasting. There's a full fast, which is no water or no food for a certain given amount of time. The only person that I, knew that, that I know in the Bible that did that completely was Moses. Moses said he went to up in the mountain. He was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. And he says his own testimony in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 9 is that he ate no food and drank no water uh, for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a, a miraculous 
God working in a miraculous way in a very special time, and it's not something that anybody else that I know of in the world has ever done, including Jesus. There's a typical fast, which is no food and only water. Uh, people, doctors will tell us that you can't go without water uh, for more than three days. Your body will dehydrate and, and uh, you will get very, very sick. So a typical fast in the Bible is no food, uh, only water. There's a liquid fast. This is the type of fast that I have done uh, many times. A, a liquid fast is no food and only liquid, and it can be any type of liquid. It could be, uh, it could be any, anything that you, you swallow uh, without chewing it up. It's a uh, liquid fast. It's amazing. You can blend meat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, um, Reese's Pieces go very well, though, in the... In the uh, anyway, liquid, a liquid fast, no food, only liquid. And then there's a partial fast. Uh, Esther said, or uh, uh, Ezra said, that he, uh, ha- he ate no pleasant food. There was, he, just, uh, he was eating for nourishment, but he wasn't eating for enjoyment, which tells us that God allows us to eat for enjoyment. And if you're glad about that, say amen. All right, so uh, there's a partial fast. And then what, we, what I put in here was the popular fast. Uh, there are people today who talk about fasting from just anything. Uh, I'm going to fast from TV for the next three nights, and uh, I'm just going to focus on God when I would have been watching TV. I'm going to fast from the Internet. And for some of you, that's like uh, a mainlining uh, and getting, getting, going off. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fast from... Um, and, and whatever it is, something that you say, I'm just not going to do this for the next three days. You say, is that in the Bible? No, that's not in the Bible, uh, but it's, um, it's what I call a popular fast. It's what people, uh, uh, people will do. They'll say, I'm just going to give something up, so, and when I would normally do that thing, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. So fasting in the Bible is abstaining from food for a given amount of time. Number two, who fasted and how long? Well, again, we're going to go through this very quickly. Uh, I read that fasting is mentioned like 70 times in the Bible. Uh, the, there, there are uh, three biblical characters that fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Number one was Moses. Uh, he did it that as he went up for the Ten Commandments. We'll see that in just a minute. Elijah uh, fasted, according to 1 Kings 19.8. Elijah fasted. Uh, for 40 days and 40 nights, he ate some food. This was right when Jezebel, when Jezebel uh, uh, was out to kill him. He left, and the Bible says that he walked. For, he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was sustained by that meat that he had eaten. Uh, it, Jesus fasted when he was about to start his ministry, and uh, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Ezra, in, in uh, Ezra chapter 8, the Bible says that Ezra fasted for 21 days. Uh, Esther, uh, see, and by, the Bible verses are there. You can look them up later on. We wanted to make sure that they were there so you could, uh, you could use this if you're talking to somebody else about fasting. Esther called for a three-day fast. Uh, her life was being uh, she was going to go before the king, and before she went there, she knew her life would be in peril. She said, listen, fast uh, for me for, uh, for the next three days. David fasted. He had a sick child, and he, and he, and he fasted uh, and asked God to spare the life of that child. Uh, after God had told him, no, I'm, I'm going to take that child's life. Daniel fasted for three weeks <clears throat> to, and received a vision from God after that three weeks of fasting. Jonah fasted for three days uh, and three nights 
in the heart of the belly. You say, why? There was nothing to eat. And so Jonah fasted for three days. And when he came out, he went and he preached in Nineveh. When he preached in Nineveh, the king repented of his sin. And there, there was a great fast in Nineveh as they got right with God. Anna was an 84-year-old prophetess who was in the temple when Jesus was born. And she fasted, the Bible says, and prayed and served in the temple. Cornelius, the first Gentile uh, that is recorded, uh, that got saved in the New Testament, is, uh, is, uh, he fasted, uh, and when he fasted, there was an appearance uh, to him. Uh, that, uh, there was a, uh, an angel that came and said, Peter's going to come and tell you how to get saved. And then Paul, the Bible says, Paul fasted often. He uh, uh, he says in first, Second Corinthians, in stripes, I was in imprisonments, I was in tumults and labors, in watchings often, and in fastings often. So, so all of these characters within the Bible uh, fasted. Now, the question is, why did they fast? Why did they fast? And again, we're going to go through this section very quickly, uh, just for your benefit. Uh, Moses was given the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and it was during that time, there was a huge uh, shaking taking place in our world at that time. And God gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel, and a nation was being born. Uh, the Ten Commandments were given when Moses fasted. Elijah, when he was confronting a declining kingdom, and, and God was using him to preach revival, he fasted at that time. Jesus, in preparation for public ministry, fasted. He was... Um, led of, of, of the Father. The Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And before that great temptation came, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Ezra and Nehemiah uh, fasted as, as the people returned to the land of Israel to rebuild the walls. Now, I, I hope you'll see that all of these are like major, major events that are taking place, and there's, there's a real need for the power of God to work. Esther uh, prayed for God's protection as she approached the king because the nation of Israel that had been scattered, uh, the nation of Israel was being threatened. The, the lives of all the people of the children of Israel were being, uh, were being threatened, and Esther called for a three-day fast so she could approach the king and not have her head taken off for doing something that was contrary to the king. They prayed for the king's favor and fasted for the king's favor. David uh, was concerned about the life of his child and fasted uh, about that. Daniel, in concern for Israel's future, he there in Babylon, he sees all the crazy stuff that's going on, and he's saying, God, is there any future? And he's in great agony about the future of his homeland, Israel, and fasted for three days, and God met with him. Jonah in Nineveh, he, he prayed, and Nineveh prayed because of their destruction. Uh, there was that fasting there. Anna Anna was fasting about the coming Messiah, and, and the Messiah came, and she was there in the temple when they came to dedicate Jesus. Cornelius, a major shift is taking place in the world. Now the gospel is opened up to the Gentiles, and, he, and he's fasting and saying, God, we really want to know you, and God, in answer to his fast, uh, sends, sends Peter to share the gospel to this first Gentile convert. And then Paul, in spreading the gospel worldwide and ordaining leaders, the Bible tells us he went and, and he fasted uh, as, as he was praying about who to set up as leaders within the, um, 
uh, within the churches that he was establishing. And then the church sending out the first missionaries, the church at, uh, at Antioch, as they were sending out the first missionaries, the Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they have fa- had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. So you see, fasting is all the way from the Old Testament, all the way through the Gospels, all the way into uh, the, uh, the, uh, the epistles. You see, fasting is very, very prominent, very, very much used. So, Here's the deal. Uh, if you fasted before, why do you fast? And why, what kind of fast does God honor? I think, and, and this is just, I wanted to go through that other part quickly so that you would have that information. But here's the deal. People tell me they fast, and there were those who were coming to Jesus, or I'm sorry, to, to Jehovah in the Old Testament, and they were complaining to Jehovah God. And they were saying, look, we fast. We come to you and we fast, and you act as though you don't hear our fast. And it's really important that we understand that God, and God in this passage says, there are certain fasts that I won't have anything to do with, and certain fasts that I'm not going to hear. So the question is, what kind of fast does God honor? And that's what we want to look at this evening for the next few minutes that we have. First of all, God does not honor a fast from people who live unholy lives and mistreat others. I think it's fascinating in this passage of Scripture that God connects our treatment of our brothers and sisters in Christ he connects it to the effectiveness of our fast. In fact, he stops talking about eating and he starts talking about the way you treat people and he talks about your own self-centeredness, our own self-centeredness. He's speaking to Israel and he's saying, you want me to deliver you, but it's so that you can continue doing the things you want to do, and it's all about you, and you're neglecting other people. And I'm not hearing your fast. I'm not seeing your fast because it's just hypocrisy. Look, I'm just going to outline what he says. First of all, he says, you, you fast for fighting, you, you fast for strife. You're fighting with each other. You're fighting with each other, and you're fasting so that I will honor your, your battle. He says you debate. You want to win your argument. That's what you're fasting for. He said the word, he says you strike one another. You hit each other. You're violent. Isn't it amazing? God hates it when, when Christians, when brothers, when his children, and that would be the Israelites, for us it would be other Christians, when we fight with each other, you hit each other, you're violent, he says. And look, you can look this all up in verses 3 through 5. Let me read it to you again. It says, wherefore have you fasted, they say, and thou seest not. He says in verse 4, behold, you you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of witness. You hit each other. You mistreat each other physically. 
You're violent. He goes on to say that you, tr you try to look holy and you afflict your soul. That is, you deny yourself pleasure. You think that I want you to hurt yourself? You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is, is, it, is it such a fast that I've chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you think I want? You, you, again, let me just read the notes. You try to look holy and afflict your soul. You deny your, yourself pleasure. Then you walk around with your head bowed down. You spread sackcloth and ashes to show people your piety and your humility. Look at verse 9. He says, then, then shalt thou call on the Lord. Uh, the second part of verse 9 says, If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking vanity. He says, you, you, you point your finger accusing others. You know, parents hate it when their kids fight with each other. Don't you hate it? He doing it, he touching my dummy, doing it, doing it. Don't you hate that? Everything's nice and peaceful. And then, how come he's always taking my, she took my stuff away. She ate my food. They took my candy bar. He, and they fight with each other. You hate that. You don't say, come here, my blessed children. You say, come here, I'm going to, we're going to talk about something and it's not going to be pleasant. There's no, there's no joy for a father who has children who are attacking each other. God doesn't honor a Christian's fast, and he doesn't want you fasting. Oh, God, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting, and I'm praying so that you'll bless me and curse them. Get them. And that's what they were doing. You say, how does that apply to us? I'm telling you, Christians fuss with each other criticize each other, run each other down, want to build themselves up, walk around looking holy, and then they say, God, bless us. Let everybody know that we're your special children. And God wants to take the strap out and bend you over his knee. And that's what he wants to do. He says specifically, I don't want you fasting so that you can be the winner so that your name can be the big thing, so that you, I, I don't want you fasting for these reasons. It's not the fast that I've chosen. So what, is he, what does God honor? Look at verse 6 and 7. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Bringing this back to the New Testament, you think about what the Pharisees did. It is absolutely the opposite of what Jesus did. The Pharisees ran down, criticized, bad-mouthed, had a holier-than-thou attitude towards sinful people that were in bondage, that were bound in sin. They, they, all they could do was find it in their heart to rip them apart and lift themselves up. 
God hates that. God didn't send us to criticize this world. This world's filled with people who do nutty things. The woke thing, it's nuts. The, the LGBTQ and all the alphabet stew that's out there, it's crazy. When they want to teach your children that two plus two equals six, it's nuts. Or is that five? I'm not sure. It's crazy what our world is saying. When we're being told, when, we, we, when, when a, a school teacher is expelled because he will not, or, or removed from school because he will not teach that transgenderism is good. I mean, this is, this is crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff that's going on. But God didn't call us to rip people apart. Excuse me, I don't know how to say this. Because of their ignorance. God, we should have compassion on these people and their foolish things at the same time as standing against that false teaching. We've been called to stand for truth and to stand for truth deliberately. LBA, we, the, the motto we started with 25 years ago was we are different on purpose. We want to represent Jesus Christ in a world that's gone crazy. And you can't do that if you stand up and in sarcasm rip apart people that are teaching stuff that just is foolish. You've got to ask God to give you wisdom. These people are in bondage. If somebody's involved in the homosexual lifestyles, in bondage. Somebody involved in lesbianism, in bondage. They're hurting people. And, and again, like we talked about two weeks ago, we can't allow ourselves to get sucked into their sin, and we better, we better be careful, and we better protect our children. But at the same time, what we need to understand is God loves sinners. God doesn't want us condemning them. Now, look what the Bible says. Here's the fast that God, would, God will honor. He says, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Wow, they were so bad that they were criticizing people in their own family and running them out and not helping those people that were their own flesh, their own brothers and sisters. That's what the idea is. So, what kind of fast will God honor? He'll honor the, the fast of one, they that loose the bands of the wicked. The Pharisees did just the opposite. Here's what Jesus said about the Pharisees, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay on them uh, on them on uh, lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They put burdens on, they don't loose the bands of the burdens. God blesses those that undo heavy burdens. 
Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, you'll find rest for your souls. That's what Jesus did. God will bless, according to this passage in Isaiah, the fast of the person that let the oppressed go free. That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised. That's why he was eating with sinners. God blesses the fast of those that break the yoke. Remember in in earlier part of Mark chapter 2 when Jesus went to the the sinner and he said, your sins are forgiven. And and the Pharisees went nuts. and said, who can forgive sin but God? Here's who can forgive. You can forgive. When somebody sins against you, you can forgive them. Jesus is our example. And we're to follow them, follow his example. You can't forgive them before God, but you can forgive anyone who sins against you. And the Pharisees taught you couldn't, that only God has the ability to forgive. Jesus said, no, the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. God will hear the fast of those that feed the hungry. That's what Jesus did. Remember the story of the multitude that were hungry? The Bible says this, when Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and they have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. They that feed the hungry. He'll hear the fast of those that are are saying, Lord, help me feed the hungry. Lord, help me break the yoke. Lord, help me care for the outcast. Jesus cared for the outcast. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. He cared about the, the outcast. The idea is I'm not fasting for myself. I'm not fasting against my brother. I'm not fasting to become something. I am fasting for the needs of others. They clothe, they, those that clothe the naked. All these things are specifically mentioned here in, in Isaiah. Things that, that the Bible tells us we're supposed to be doing. Jesus said at the judgment of the nations that he's going to say, I was naked and you clothed me. And they're going to say, when? He, sa- he says, when you did it unto the least of one of these, my brethren, you clothed me. And then they take care of the family, of family needs. They don't say, I'm sorry, you know, nothing I can do for you. They don't criticize their brother because their brother, well, they got themselves in that mess, they can get themselves out. God, listen, God hears the fast. This is the, this is the fast that God's waiting for, for people who loose the bands of the wicked that they, they undo heavy burdens. They let the oppressed go free. They break the yoke. And, and so you're praying, God, help me. Help me not to put burdens on people, but God, I'm fasting asking you to control me and help me to break the bonds, to feed the hungry, to care for the outcasts, that clothe the naked. God, 
Help us be a church fast for this. There are lost people out there that are dying and going to hell. They don't know the difference between right and wrong. They don't know the difference between night and day. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl. They don't know if they're a man or a woman. They don't, they don't, they don't even know that two plus two equals four. They don't know anything. God, I'm praying that you'll give us wisdom. God, I'm fasting asking you to give us the heathen, give us them so that we can give them truth. And when you fast to release people from the burdens of sin, when you're fasting that lost people would get saved, when you're fasting that hungry people would be filled, when you're fasting because you care about the needs of Las Vegas and the people that are here, when you're fasting because you care about the people in America, when you're fasting when you care about, because you care about lost people, I'll hear that fast. That's what he's saying. If you're fasting for all what you want for yourself, and that's what Israel was doing. Israel had got so self-centered, they had got so much, so much riches, so many things, that when they fasted, they were just saying, God, keep this stuff. We're out against those people. We want our stuff. We want to keep our stuff. God's not hearing that fast. God wants us to fast for the needs of others and care about others. And that's the fast that God will hear. God will bless those who fast this way. In verses 8 through 12, he says this. You'll be, this is what will happen. This is so neat. This is, listen to the promise. Listen to this promise. He says in verses 8 through 12, uh, let me read it. It says, then shall, if you fast this way, that you're caring about other people, you're not criticizing, you've made a determination, I'm not ripping apart my brother, I'm not competing, I'm not doing, I just want to share your truth with others. I want to help people. Then, he says, thy light shall thy light break forth as morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. I love this, that statement. Then shalt, thou, then shalt thou call on the Lord, and the Lord will answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here, here I am. And if thou take away the midst of, from the midst of thee the pointing forth of the finger again, and speaking vanity, if you get rid of that stuff, and if thou draw thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, and shall... And shall then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness as the noonday and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. Listen to what he says. And make fat thy bones. Well, I don't need that. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they shall say of thee, and they that... And, and they that shall be of thee, that is your children, shall build the old waste places, and thou shalt ra- raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of the paths to dwell in. This is an amazing thing. He said, if you fast for the right reasons, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. He said, you're fasting for all the wrong reasons. I'm not even hearing you. You're just 
you're, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. But if you'll start caring about sinners and lo- loving people and, and start reaching out and you'll start caring for one another and you're praying for other people, he says, this is what you're going to be like. He says, you'll be like a light in the morning. You'll have direction and you'll give direction to others. He says, number two, you'll have health and you'll have it quickly. That's physical health, social health, spiritual life, health. All of that, it's going to come your way. And he says it'll come quickly. If you stop being bitter and stop being antagonistic and stop fighting your brothers and you start caring about people and stop saying, well, they deserve what they got. Well, that's the way they are. That's the way they, they stop that. People, I love verse 3, or the next thing. It says, people will see your, your righteousness and it'll protect you from frontal attack. That is, you'll be able to go in and they'll see your righteousness and people will be at ease when you go before them. And then it says that the Lord will be your rearward. That means God will have your back. I like that. People will say, hey, I got your back. Hey, God's got your back. You don't have to get my back. If God's got my back. And then he says, God will, will answer your prayers. When you say, where are you? He'll say, here, here, here I am. I'm right here. What do you need? But you, he, he makes this, this caveat. You stop pointing your finger. Don't speak words that, that, put, that, that hurt, but instead build up. That goes along with Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Care for and don't criticize those in need. Well, I see that guy on the side of the road. He must have done something wrong. Oh, my brother, he's not in church. Uh, He's having problems. He must have done something wrong. Why is it that we think that? Because we're wicked? Why is it, oh, that Christian, oh, wow, so they're going through it. Their car broke down. wonder what they did against God. Stop that. He says, your light will rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as noonday. That is, you'll be joy in the midst of darkness and you'll be a cheerful ray of hope. Do people look at you and think, oh, wow, what a cheerful ray of hope. Oh, I love to be around that guy because all he does is, is build you up. Then he says in verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually. That's amazing. He says he'll satisfy your soul in drought. Man, everybody else is dying of thirst and you're doing okay. And then I love it. He says he'll, <laughs> he says he'll make your bones fat. Again, some of us don't need that. And then he says he'll make you like a watered garden. You'll be like a spring of water, and your waters will not fail. They'll be there when you need them. Came home from my trip back east and forgot to tell the sparklets guy to bring the water, and it was all out of water. It's a terrible thing when you run out of water. But he says, listen, if you fast r- properly, your, your waters won't run out. And then he says this, your children will prosper verse 12. What's more important than that? Your children will prosper. The next generation will rebuild the walls that were torn down. This is a wonderful, wonderful promise. 
based on fasting. Now, if you go back to Mark where we were, and we won't, we're out of time. But the Pharisees came along, and they were just the opposite. They were the ones who God wouldn't hear. Their fast was for nothing because they were, they were just the opposite of this. Jesus comes along, and all these characteristics are in Christ. And Jesus is our example. Let's follow the example of Jesus. And let's not rip the world apart. It doesn't mean you don't see the wrong, you don't speak about the wrong, you don't deal with the wrong. But let's not be the hypocrites. Let's fast for the right reason. And then let's watch God honor the fast because we're caring about the needs of others. Nehemiah saw his country. And Nehemiah, the Bible says, he saw, he heard about the ruins of Jerusalem that was in flames and it was torn down. And the Bible says he wept and he mourned and he fasted and he prayed. You know what happened? In 52 days, the walls that were torn down were rebuilt because he fasted properly. He fasted with the right heart attitude, and God heard that. It wasn't all about Nehemiah. Nehemiah had everything he needed. He was the cupbearer for the king. Unless somebody tried to poison the king, he was in good shape. He was the cupbearer. He had everything, but he got off himself, and he said, oh, my brothers, my sisters, the people that are in Jerusalem, he didn't say, ah, they're there, they deserve it, they get, ah, da, 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 da. I got my own things. He said, God, I pray for my, for my, them, and he fasted, and God, God heard and answered that prayer. Fasting is a way to show God the sincerity of your heart, and, and, but God doesn't want to hear. God would much rather you eat like a pig and have this kind of character than for you to fast for your own selfish, self-centered needs. And that's the lesson of fasting. Father, help us to take the truth here. Help us to live it. Father, whether we fast or not, God, help us not to have the attitude of the Pharisees. Help us to have the, the attitude of the Lord Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to ask a question. Do you know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? If you do, would you slip up your hand as testimony to that? Thank you. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, I don't know I'm going to heaven. Would you please pray for me? I do not know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Nobody's looking around but me. I'd like to just pray for you. Anybody like that? Hold your, if that's you, would you just hold your hand up long enough and high enough for me to see it so I can pray for you? Anybody at all? I don't see any hands going up, but I want to tell you this. If you're here and you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you can settle it. Jesus said, anyone who comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. You can say to Jesus, Jesus, being God, you can say to Jesus, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead, having paid for my sin. And right now, in the best way I know how, I call on you and ask you to be my Lord and my Savior and my God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Help me now to live for you. 
Father, help us to take the truth that we've heard tonight and apply it, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.